Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Texas football mothership here in a beautiful, kind of beautiful, it's real yes. rainy, Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. I am Ashley Pickle, the video director for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine in texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you are watching us live on Facebook, texasfootball.com, YouTube, or Twitch. Thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm all week. Mallory Hartley. Hello, How guys. are you? I'm good. Are you excited? I am. Well rested. Good. I slept really well last night because I knew I was going to be on the show today. I was like, I'm going to get a full, full night's rest. Eight, nine hours <laughs> of sleep so I can be on my game today. There we go. Well, here we are. We, we're live, so we're doing well there. Yeah. Uh, we're up to, and running. <laughs> today is Wednesday. No, Monday. Monday. Mm. Monday. It feels like it feels like a Wednesday. I don't know why. Yeah, time has it's no meaning rainy. anymore. Yeah. But yeah. Monday, June seventh, one hundred and seventy-one days until Thanksgiving. June seventh, we got to pay homage to uh, to Prince. It would have been his sixty-third birthday today. R.I.P. to a legend. But mm-hmm. I figured it was perfect with a rainy day. I have mm-hmm. a little purple rain shout out. But happy birthday to what would have been Prince's 63rd birthday. Not to mention, it is also National uh, Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Oh. So. Back to the Prince thing. We had a little pool day with my family yesterday and mm-hmm. listened to a lot of Prince. Very nice. Lots yeah. of Prince. Well, my mom's a big Prince gal. Very nice. So she likes she likes the good old Prince. So we listened to a lot of that yesterday. <laughs> Very fitting. <laughs> well, guys, today on, uh, this is episode 1,180. I didn't yep. look that up. 80. All right. Um, and we will be starting off with some headlines across the state, getting you caught up on some of the stuff you might have missed out earlier this week. And then in the back half of the show, in spirit of magazine yes. coming out. Also, yes, if, if anybody missed it and haven't been on our social channels, here is the cover of the 62nd edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the A&M defense in our gatefold cover there with Carthage head coach Scott Surratt, who is the Lord of the Rings. Man, so in spirit awesome. of that, we will be talking with our college football insider, Shahan J. Raja, who will be joining us um, to give you, he writes the main feature, and obviously that'll be over the A&M defense and, and their entire unit. They are our cover subjects. And so we're going to go behind the scenes a little bit with Shahan and uh, 
and get his take on what it was like in the in the college football cover. Um, But do we have first four through the door? We sure do. (laughs) It was Aaron Arbuckle, Daniel Agnew, Rob Hathaway, and Andrew Christensen. Welcome in, fellas. There we go. She got it. First, first four through the door. So congratulations to all those names there because you were Mallory's first, first four through the door. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. All right, Mallory, it is time. Let's take a look and get all of our wonderful viewers caught up on some headlines across the Lone Star State. Quite a bit of news coming out. Um, We're going to start with, go ahead and and do this right off the bat, some breaking news that came down just about five minutes before we went onto the show. Uh, Bear Alexander, who is now at Fort Worth Brewer, has announced his decommitment from Georgia. So a five-star recruit there in uh, the beast that is Bear Alexander, now at Fort Worth Brewer, will be looking for a new school. So we'll be very interested to see maybe if we can keep him in the state of Texas. So that came down uh, right Right. before we went on. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's going to be weird not seeing him at Denton Ryan. Mm -hmm. I mean – I really got into Denton Ryan last year just because I got really into, of course, high school football because of my internship, you know, mm-hmm. first year internship. And, you know, Denton Ryan's pretty local. I graduated from UNT, so, of course, I keep up with Geyer, you know, Denton Ryan. But it's going to be weird not to see him there because he was really a standout. Yeah, and that's the thing is he's, I mean, he's been to four high schools through all four years, and obviously his name completely got put on blast last year mm-hmm. with being at Ryan. So uh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting, new high school, and now – his commitment's back open, so we'll Very see there. But another thing coming out uh, late last week is that the Texas Sports Hall of Fame put out their primary yes. and veteran ballots for uh, their the 2022 mm-hmm. um, inductee class. And so let's pull up that graphic there. Here are some of the bigger names that are listed. Um, you'll see a lot of people, obviously, that you'll notice right off the bat, Simone Biles, Chris Bosh, you know, my boy, Manu Ginobili. You know where my <laughs> vote's going. But <laughs> oh, interesting thing. Before yeah. you get into that, Simone Biles, if y'all didn't know, she was actually in Fort Worth this weekend competing at the U.S. National Championship this weekend. And she won her seventh national title in the women's all around. And that was happened in Fort Worth. So I wanted to point that out just because her name's up there. And that's oh, yeah. That's pretty cool she's a beast she had the if y'all didn't see it on her unitard she had the little sequins in the shape of a goat and it's like very fitting hell yeah girl call your shot we know we know she's awesome (laughs) but focusing specifically on this uh these are the primary nominees focusing specifically on this some some football names um that that correlate to the state of texas there uh tony brackens he played uh, defensive end at ut a second round pick in 1996 nfl draft played at jacksonville then you can go down to priest holmes another ut player this one a running back undrafted free agent in 1997 but played 11 years in the NFL Super Bowl champ three-time pro bowler so a name that's very recognizable there uh Toya Jones going in for football and or is able to be nominated is nominated for football in track and field at A&M a defensive back uh actually a Texas high school football product yeah down at those uh Refurio um national and then also at a&m national champion in the four by 100 uh I, relay i saw that on there when you sent that to me and i wanted to just kind of look it up just yep. just just to see that dude is fast <laughs> he, he is quick moving <laughs> he is there is nothing but dust right when you watch it he's just He's quit. Yeah, went to the of national champion. Yeah, national champion there at A&M in that, but he also played football, went on to play at the NFL level. Um, 
a man that needs no introduction in no. the state of Texas, Colt McCoy with UT football. And then again, Vaughn Miller, who is now obviously uh, with the Broncos, played outside linebacker at A&M, Consensus All-American, Consensus All-American the Buckus Award. I mean, still playing. The guy's, the guy's a beast. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. Another name that's still, uh, still in the NFL right now, Matthew Stafford. Highland yeah. Park quarterback. Uh, now he was with the Lions for yep. for that good stint, and now switching over to the Rams. Right. That was that happened in March, I believe. He mm-hmm. was traded in a package with uh, Rams former quarterback Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I don't know too many of the details about that, but that's gonna be weird. My, you know, my dad. You know, my dad's from up north, so we we follow the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so yeah, it'll be we weird can. not seeing him there, and of yeah. course joining out in uh LA with uh Clayton Crenshaw his his yeah. his Highland Park buddy there Heck yeah so interested Baseball to see books. what he does out there and then finally on the list of primary uh nominees we've got Wes Welker who is the current wide receivers coach with the 49ers he obviously played at Tech um he was undrafted in the NFL in 04 but a five-time pro bowler another one of those guys that man if this list doesn't show you exactly how those undrafted free agents like just just go for it right. take your take your time and try and get there because you can sit there and uh end up being on the hall of fame list there so there Absolutely. is uh some of the football oriented nominees for the texas sports hall of fame in that 2022 class gonna go ahead and move on here there is the veterans list too we have a story up on texasfootball.com where you can go uh, check that out and then on top of that we have the link to be able to go vote for those nominees listed on texasfootball.com some more stuff coming down we'll head into the texas high school football realm here and go with some coaching changes um some of the bigger ones to come out throughout the week was in the San Antonio area, uh, San Antonio Wagner offensive coordinator Jason Starin was uh, promoted to head coach. He replaces Charles Bruce, who is now the head coach at a neighboring San Antonio school in Brandeis. So little switcheroos going down there in the 2-1-0. Heading down to the RGV, uh, McAllen Memorial, Bill Littleton announces his retirement on June 2nd, after 41 seasons in education, Jeez. 22 spent as a head coach. He split time between his head coaching job at Quero and McAllen Memorial, posting a 155-88 and 88 record. He had been at Memorial since 2003. So congratulations to Coach Littleton on a, on a fantastic career down there. And uh, 41 years, that is impressive. That's that's I mean, giving back to kids, man. Like, you know he loves his That's double our job. lifetime. <laughs> Quite literally, yes. <laughs> right. So, a well-deserved retirement announcement there from Coach Littleton. Then head out to uh, El Paso area. Some head coaching changes there. Um, Andreas hired El Paso Pebble Hills assistant coach Chris Taylor um, last Friday. And then finally, probably the biggest news to come down was heading back to Mansfield ISD, specifically at Mansfield Legacy, will be Coach uh, Jeff Hume. He was... He's no stranger to Mansfield ISD, so he was at actual Mansfield High School from uh, 2008 to 2015. He then left to go take over at Waco Midway, where in his past five seasons there, a down year last year after he got put in that district of doom with DeSoto and Duncanville Mm -hmm. and and Cedar Hill. They went two and seven last year, but... um, all four years before then, I mean, they were district champs down there. He, he led quite the charge down there at Midway. So he is heading back to Mansfield ISD to uh, to take over at the Legacy Program, which this will be their first 
their second coach in their 13-year span. So interesting Mm -hmm. uh, nugget there. And then finally, it was another glorious weekend of seven-on-seven SQTs because we are two weeks away from state. (laughs) That's crazy. I'm so excited. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just feel like it's gone by so quickly. It really, really has. So we'll go ahead and quickly run through some of our SQT state qualifiers here at the Woodlands SQT. The Woodlands and Klein Collins going ahead and qualifying for state there. Richmond Foster, um, Dickinson took down Richmond Foster, and then the Shadow Creek Sharks beating out Fort Mid-Branch Point in an an exciting game there to qualify. Um, Hurst Bell in the DFW area had another one. Denton Bras well, Arlington, Lamar, and Trophy Club um, all qualified there. And how long did you say the streak was for Arlington, Lamar? Yeah, big shout out to Arlington, Lamar. They have qualified for every state tournament since 1998. Now, what is important about the year 1998, Mallory? I was born in the year 1998. <laughs> I was born in December of 1998, so... I wasn't even alive the first time. <laughs> that the, since they've that the been streak started. The yes, streak so for Arlington Lamar making it down to the 7-on-7 seven yes. seven, Congratulations uh, state meet. <laughs> to Lamar and Billy Skinner. That's awesome. It's going to be cool to see them down there for the 23rd straight year, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Nuts. Nuts there. Um, heading out to the big country, we've got Austin Anderson and Midland Christian qualifying at the Abilene SQT. And then El Paso. Congratulations to El Paso Americas as they qualify mm-hmm. for their first ever trip down to the state seven on seven tournament. Um, they also El Paso Coronado go ahead, went ahead and punched their ticket, and this is really really cool for the El Paso area as four teams out of District One in six A have now qualified to go to state with it being Eastwood, East Lake Americas, and Coronado. So. Stand up out there in El Paso, putting themselves on the map and excited to head down to San Antonio. Um, another fun area that we had was some RGV action down yeah. in 7-on-7 seven seven with the Sherilyn Snake Pit SQT. Mission Vets and Mercedes and Laredo United South all going ahead and punching their ticket. Very excited to get some RGV teams out there. Um, and then we head down Division Two. Shout out Austin LBJ and Inner City Squad going ahead and going out there and getting it done mm-hmm. in the Wimberley SQT. You always love to see that. Dumas in their first ever SQT tournament went ahead and punched their ticket. Jerdington did it at their home meet. Brownwood qualified Lake Belton and Whitney. And then Laferia down in Corpus Christi went ahead and punched their ticket. Some some three uh, Division Three. Going on to in Lexington and Rogers, Poth, Franklin, Archer City, Collinsville, Wink, and Miles all went ahead and punched their tickets to state. So a meaty week Mm -hmm. of seven-on-seven SQTs. Goodness gracious. We're excited to see them all at state. Absolutely. And so uh, most for Division Two and Division Three specifically, this upcoming Saturday will be their last round um, before right. state. I believe Division One goes one more week after that. And then we will be down there in, uh, with full coverage on Dave Campbell's Texas Seven. football. All right. We are Texas football today. We hope that you will become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. You can do that at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Specifically, Subscribe. Big week here. You have until Wednesday. If you want this baby mailed directly to you, go ahead and go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe, and we can guarantee Wednesday, June 9th, is the last day that we can guarantee that you will get this magazine sent to you before it hits newsstands. Miss we, the FOMO. Hashtag miss the FOMO. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, once you start seeing people getting those in their mailbox, tweeting at us and saying, look what came in, you're going to go, 
darn it, I wish I would have subscribed to get that yeah. mailed to me. So Wednesday, 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 tell your friends Father's Day is coming up. Go ahead and get that. So dad will have that by the time before it hits newsstands. Make him feel extra special. Yeah. Don't get it off the shelf. Perfect get price him. for him to make him feel loved and appreciated. Perfect price. You are absolutely right. So again, texasfootball.com slash subscribe to guarantee before Wednesday that you can get that mailed to you. But Mallory, we are not alone here in the studio. We go over to the Greg Powers Memorial Power Zone to welcome in our college football insider, Shahan J. Raja. What's up, man? Nothing much. It, it's I always forget that it's the Memorial Zone. It's weird. I, I don't <laughs> like that. Uh, I feel weird. I feel like I shouldn't be here. But, uh, you know, hey, what's pay, up? <laughs> pay homage to our, to our mountain. That is Greg <laughs> Powers. <laughs> so, like we said, this baby sent to press. We revealed the cover with the A&M defense on it and head coach Scott Surratt, the Lord of the Rings out of Carthage. We've sent this to press. We're done with it. We're excited for you to get it. But until then, we obviously want to go in and you have a big say in in who you think should be on the cover. So first off, just for, for people to hear your perspective on it, why was the A&M defense the, the perfect people to be put on the cover? Yeah, well, I'll start off by saying I am a little surprised more people did not guess this. Not mm -hmm. necessarily the defense. I mean, obviously, it's been a while. I mean, it's been 2007 since we've had a defender, 1998 since we've had a defense-only cover. But to me, this was an obvious choice. You see Texas A&M go 9-1. You see them win the Orange Bowl. You see them finish top four in the country. I mean, the first time since 1939 that they finished in that top four. I mean, this is a Texas A&M team that I think is on the precipice of doing something really big. And you look into next year, they bring back so much of their production. They do lose a quarterback, and I, I do think for a lot of people, losing Kellen Mond was a reason that I think that they maybe didn't think that A&M was going to be the team on the cover. But uh, look, football is a 22-man game, and I think that you look on the defensive side of the ball, some of the biggest stars in the state of Texas, I think, play on that defensive side of the ball. Obviously, DeMarvin Leal, who's on the cover right now. Uh, and I think that we got to meet some new guys who are going to maybe be breakout stars of next season. Damani Richardson, Michael Clemens, mm -hmm. Miles Jones. Uh, you know, I think that's I, – I mentioned this. I, I think that Michael Clemens is, hopefully will be the breakout star of this issue after <laughs> look, seeing him. I mean, look at this man. I mean, come on. Yeah. Did you see – and if you haven't, go go find Shahan on Twitter because he <laughs> tweeted out a video of him doing what it looked like to see him actually scream and doing it. <laughs> It's it's something. I like I almost peed my pants just sitting there watching that happen. I was like, can you imagine this guy charging at you full speed? It doesn't sound fun. Uh no. and, and think about <laughs> it too, that. right? Like they got like six guys like that on that Texas AM defense, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you were talking about a defense that jumped from, you know, around the hundred range back in twenty seventeen or whatever it was, Kevin Simmons last year, to not being a top ten defense in two thousand twenty. Mm -hmm. And so you know, I also think it's appropriate, right? Like I mentioned, the last time that we had a solo defensive cover was 1998 with that win and uh, you know, part of that wrecking crew defense, part of that lineage. And so I think it's really appropriate that now heading into 2021, um, you know, we're, we're by no means saying that the wrecking crew and this defense are exactly the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Stylistically, they're very different, uh, you know, and the wrecking crew, I mean, that's a, that's a 13, 15 year period, right? Like that's not one season. But at the same time, I think that we're starting to see the emergence of what could be a new wrecking crew. It's going to look different than those old ones. It's going to feel different. It's going to win games differently. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I think that we're seeing that this is coming, that this is the mm -hmm. moment. And in some ways, I think we're calling our shot. We're not saying that 2020 was the reemergence of the wrecking crew. We're mm -hmm. saying it's coming 2021, 2022, 2023. It's about to happen. Absolutely. And that 
here's something that I know Tepper and I had talked about on the show on Friday when we released the cover. But when we when we went in there, we were like, oh, yeah, y'all, y'all are the next wrecking crew. And all the guys kind of I mean, you you specifically sat there and talked to them. We did the interviews with Tepper and them and they were like, hey, we respect them. Like, we absolutely understand the greatness that they produced here. But the real fact of the matter is we want to be our own crew. And that's kind of where the new crew uh, headline came from. But were you at all surprised about that of just, no, 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 man, that that's them. We're <laughs> us. Yeah, I think that the great thing is that what they talked about most, talking to, you know, those four players on the cover, talking to some other people, is that it's not that they want to turn the clock back, mm-hmm. right? They don't want to try to relive the glory days per se. But I think that what they do have, and and one of the reasons that I thought that the new crew motto was a really good headline was, I think that they are taking lessons from that crew. They want to do some things. They want to embody a personality that you saw with that old wrecking crew, right? They want to. They want to have the swagger. They want to own the game. They want teams to to not be able to run anything against them, right? I mean, one thing that that you heard from everybody talking to that old wrecking crew defense was. We didn't care what kind of offense you were running. Mm-hmm. We were going to come after you. You were going to have to adjust to us. And I think that you look at Texas A&M's defense, and they are aggressive. They are, have swagger. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that you see that, obviously, on the cover, <laughs> right? Like, uh, you know, th- these are some great personalities. And, and I think that those are the parts of this that are so similar to that Wrecking Crew defense. Now, look, again, it's not the same. The Wrecking Crew was built out of a 3-4. It was built around attacking linebackers and shutdown corners. Mm-hmm. This defense is more built out of attacking defensive linemen, which I think you have to do in the SEC. It's so, uh, you know, it's its own style. It's its own swagger. It's its own thing. But, um, you know, I, I think at the same time, talking to a lot of people from, from the, those old defenses, they would really embrace the defense embracing that nickname. Again, it's not the same. They're not the same defense. They're mm-hmm. not the same Wrecking Crew. But, uh, but I think that they think it would be really cool for Texas A&M fans who love tradition, who love kind of looking back and connecting the past to the present. That is a tradition-rich yeah. program, that to say the least. That is a tradition-rich <laughs> program. I think that, you know, talking to R.C. Slocum, tar- talking to, uh, to Chet Brooks, who came up with the nickname Wrecking Crew, mm-hmm. he thinks if they feel like they have earned that nickname, if the fans feel like they have earned that nickname once again, they'd love to see it used again. Absolutely. And so, obviously, uh, you write – so many words for this mm-hmm. magazine. Ooh. There's no big part yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I sleep in June. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I the the most cumulative words that you put together is for that main feature where we yes. focus on the cover subjects. And you got to sit down with the guys when we were there. And I don't want you to give away everything that you put in that because hey, subscribe and yes. get the magazine yeah. so you can read Shahan's words. <laughs> but. Giving people a little bit of insight into going behind the scenes when you got to sit down in that room and and talk with those guys, what what can they look forward to in reading the the main feature? Yeah, I think that you know, kind of what I was mentioning, you know, just I think that this team in so many ways is the kind of team that Texas A&M fans fall in love with, right? I, I mean. You look the last 10, 15 years, obviously there have been some great offenses that have come through Texas A&M. I mean, Johnny Mads, all that sort of stuff, right? But I think that Texas A&M and their fans and their people, I, I think that they embrace defense, I think, in a unique way. You know, maybe TCU might be another comparison. like, mm-hmm. But, you know, in a unique way, I think, in the state and nationally, I think. I mean, and, and it goes back to those days, you know. I, I think that the fact that we're sitting here talking about the Wrecking Crew 30 years later just says so much about what that unit accomplished. And... Also, what Texas A&M fans have embraced. And so 
I think that the big thing that that I would say, right, is that there's been so much talk about the offense. There's going to be – I mean, we're going to – sure And they're in the SEC, so that all always right. leans into the offensive right. side of stuff right. even right. more. So Right, and there's going to be – I mean, we're going to talk, I'm sure, for hours on end about the quarterback battle, Haynes King versus Zach Calzada. We're going to talk about, you know, Kenyon Green, a potential All-American. But I think that for this team to have success, and this is a big part of what the story is about, for this team to have success, it's going to have to be the defense leading the way. Not because the mm-hmm. offense is incapable – but because I think that this defense is so good that they're able to own games, that they're able to win games for Texas A&M. They're able to set a floor, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that we haven't seen at Texas A&M in a while. You know, uh, you know, for several years there, right, it was, it was seven wins, eight wins, nine wins, right? I, I think that with this kind of defense, when you play defense like this, I don't, I don't see another team outside of Alabama and maybe LSU in the West mm-hmm. that's going to be able to compete with that, right? And so I think that if Texas A&M wants to go where they think that they can go and where I believe that they can go, mm-hmm. it's going to be led by that defense. Well, and I think you got to look at it, too. Of I mean, what a better time to have that resurgence of a traditional hard-fighting, hard hard-hitting A&M defense when you do have this, this you know, fragile spot at quarterback of going, well, it could be really good. We know what both <laughs> of those guys can do, but it also could be a bust. So being able – I feel like that, that leniency in those first couple of games, giving them the time to really figure things out – is going to be absolutely crucial. Well, and I think the funny thing about it, too, is you look at the SEC right now, like you mentioned, I mean, Alabama, high-flying, you know, for the first time in a long (laughs) time. Who? I've never heard of them. (laughs) Ole Miss, you know, with Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy, very Mm -hmm. high-flying. Mike Leach, obviously a traditional air raid coach. I think that in a funny way, Texas A&M right now, by kind of doing some similar things that we've seen in the SEC, I think that they're zagging. You know, they're, they're kind of doing something different. I think it's going to be difficult to, for teams to prepare for. And, I mean, you look at 2021 specifically. I mean, you have so much depth on that defensive line. You have so many returners on that back end. I, I mean, obviously, a guy like Damani Richardson. I think Damani Richardson wasn't particularly healthy last year. I think he's going to be one of the breakout players in college football this upcoming year. DeMarvin Leal, potential first-round pick. Michael Clemens, a guy who's going to be drafted next year. Uh, and, obviously, Miles Jones, I think, stepping up as a six-year cornerback. I mean, there's so many pieces on this Texas A&M defense that I think are going to be difficult matchups and I think that to play against offenses that we see these days this is what you need you have to be able to win with four mm-hmm. you have to be able to man up receivers you don't have to you don't have to shut down receivers right, right. I mean you're, you're playing against the Devontae Smiths of the world but I think that the ability to man up to you know make things difficult for opposing offenses like you mentioned I, I mean they're definitely going to need more than just sort of competence at that quarterback position to be a national title team but but I think that like I mentioned it it sets the floor so low when Mm -hmm. you have a defense that's able to Mm -hmm. constantly keep you in games you saw that in the LSU game last year right I mean uh, you know Texas A&M's offense really really struggled to get off the ground for a variety of reasons and that defense was just like it doesn't matter you're mm-hmm. not getting in this game, LSC. Like, this isn't even going to be a conversation, right? And uh, they end up, I, I believe, every game after the Alabama game, they win by double figures. Right. right. So, I mean, that's, I think, the floor for this program in a lot of ways. And so I'm excited to see now, with expectations, with the new quarterback, you mm-hmm. know, what can they do? Right. Couldn't agree more. And another thing I wanted to hit on real fast, because I've heard you do a couple of different interviews with other people, and y- you you love to say that we gave some faceless guys a, a face. Mm-hmm. And I think that is spot on the best way to describe that, because you do. You hear Texas A&M defense, you say DeMarvin Leal. Everyone knows, undisputed, he is the star of this program. But to to kind of hit on your behind-the-scenes piece that you wrote on TexasFootball.com, which if you haven't read, you sh- absolutely should go read. Very good piece. Um, but kind of, you know, how, we were both there. And for me, it was really cool to see this guy that we didn't know a whole lot about, like Michael Clemens, and go, this guy is 
a beast and he's got a personality for days and just I don't, for me, that was really, really cool to see that from the behind-the-scenes perspective. And you're someone who was also there. Yeah, yeah. And I think that for me, it's very simple. I, I think that the coolest part of covering college football is getting to know people, mm -hmm. right, more than anything else. And I think that, you know, for a variety of reasons, media access and, and you know, interaction with players has gone down. And so I think for us, getting to kind of go behind the scenes and, and shine a light on these guys who are just some of the coolest people, obviously, that you'll ever meet uh, and getting to see them kind of do their thing, all four of them being there, uh, you know, kind of encouraging each other, having fun with it. Like, it's, it's just, that's what college sports is all about, right? Oh, yeah. it's, it's getting to know these kids, getting to know these people. I hope that comes through in the cover. I mean, I, I really think it does. I think that it's one of my favorite covers, no question about it. And I hope it comes through as well in the way the story's written. And I hope that when you watch this team play next season, when you see Michael Clemens make a sack, or when you see Miles Jones have a pass breakup, or Damani Richardson intercept a pass, like, I hope that you look at that and you think, man, I learned something about these guys through the story that I wrote, but also just through the cover and, and what we were able to, to kind of show you guys. Because they are humans too. And that's they what are. we forget right. so, so Absolutely. much. We think about them as nothing but athletes. And that is the really, like, even just thinking back to sitting there and watching them loosen up as the shoot went on and stuff like that, or make jokes with us or, you know, you any of that. You can even see that in the behind the scenes videos that you made, mm -hmm. you know, that they've got personalities and, you know, that they are people, you know. Yeah. And so that's very cool. And real fast, before before we, we close this out here, I got to ask, did you, I know there there were some there were some funny parts of the shoot and, and all of that. Is there one moment that you're always going to look back on and go, that was a great moment at the photo shoot? <laughs> Which I think I know where your answer is. Yeah, yeah. So I was interviewing Michael Clemens, and uh, you know he's he's obviously the big uh, yelling one, yes. right? And so um, you know I was talking to him, and he's Mike is awesome. I mean, Mike uh, again, all of them were fantastic, mm -hmm. but again, I think Mike might be the the breakout star of this whole deal. But uh, I was talking to him while Demarvin Leal was doing his shoot, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I was just talking to him. He's you know he's kind of soft spoken, but you know gets into it. But then. DeMarvin did his version of the scream, right? Like it didn't, it didn't make uh, the cover, but you know, we did that with every single one of them. Right. And we, we I think we have a photo in the magazine of all of them yelling mm -hmm. together, but uh, <laughs> so, so DeMarvin does his scream and Mike comes gets up. Oh my God, what's going on? And then like stands up and like runs across it. Cause he's just like, what just happened? happened. <laughs> and so like, we, we had to take a legit two minute break just for Michael Clemens to collect himself. And it's so funny. Cause I mean, he is this, I, you can see it. Humongous. He is humongous if I tweeted out a screenshot of him standing next to Tepper and Tepper's a 6'1 normal like normal size guy he's not small by any means and it's like he looks like a second grader compared to this guy yeah and he goes yeah. bro like he was so freaked out and it was so so funny <laughs> but that's great well again Shahan appreciate you hopping on with us uh and and all the work that you did for for the story it's it's really good the the main feature is good I hope that you will subscribe in and read it yeah and I did uh, I did count uh, I think uh, my first year that I did this I wrote over 30,000 words so please wow please reward yep. us with whatever <laughs> 11.95 or 30 dollars for a subscription please please, please. Yeah. <laughs> I did not sleep at all in April I'm begging you <laughs> If you would like to pay for Shahan to sleep, we would really appreciate it. So, again, here is the 62nd edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. The A&M, the new crew on the front cover, gatefold cover, Scott Surratt, Scott Surratt out there at Carthage. 
just one more reminder. If you subscribe before or by Wednesday, by Wednesday afternoon, that's June 9th, this coming Wednesday, two days from now, we can guarantee that you will get your magazine mailed directly to you before it hits newsstands. It'll probably hit newsstands around that first week of July, maybe second week of July, but you could get it in, in that late part of June. So coming up in a couple weeks, go ahead, texasfootball.com slash subscribe to do that. We hope that you will. For please. Shahan's sleep schedule. For Shahan. Seriously. Do it help for us, Shahan. man. Please, <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> and now we go over there, back to the helm after a very successful running of the show, Mallory, for America's favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Favorite segment? Yeah, it's, it's not it's free not, money. It's not second favorite anymore. <laughs> no. <It's> favorite. <laughs> if Tepper's not here, free money is sure as heck not the favorite segment. So, <laughs> I love any it. final thoughts there? Uh,. I do have one. It's not a question by any means, but I thought this was super interesting. Someone in the comments put that 1998 was actually the first year of State 7 on 7. I didn't know oh. that, but I thought that was really cool. So, yeah, Lamar has made it every, every year single then. year then. Oh, wow. So that's pretty cool. That is very interesting. Yeah, I thought that was a kind of a cool comment. I was like, oh, maybe I should. Interesting. Very good. Who, up, I'm going to guess. Was that Tony Blaylock? It was. That in there? It was. Yep. I just looked at it. I was like, yep. Yeah. I figured. Smart dude. Well, there we go. That'll do it for us. Thank you very much to Shahan J. Raja, our college football insider, for joining us to give you a, a look. Remember, one more time, two days, two days to guarantee that you can get that magazine. So texasfootball.com slash subscribe. But uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, thank you for watching. Mm -hmm. Vince Young, please come get your player of the year trophy, and we will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm -hmm.